Welcome to Maker Conversations. I'm your host, Tiff Marshan from Nightcarver Designs. And today on the show, I have Jeff from Green Street Joinery. Jeff is a fine craftsman from New Jersey, super talented and very, very aware of the environment and its impacts and wants to build furniture that's going to last. So I also invited a good friend, Matt from IKAG, I Know a Guy on Instagram. He is super talented, a cabinet maker, everything kind of guy. If you want to join Patreon, there is a Patreon special that is just myself and Matt as we stalk Jeff and just chit chat before we go on. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So head on over to Patreon slash maker conversations to join. There's a few different tier levels and I think they are all fun and very valuable. So thank you for taking care of the show and helping me support it by either listening or joining the Patreon. I really appreciate it. Well, welcome to the show, first of all. But I I asked Matt to join us because first of all, I know we both love him and you guys have very similar lifestyles. Like, you know, like you both are in the shop all day. It's full time. This is your life. Like, it's not a joke. This is your life, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And not that what we do is a joke, but you know, we, we have full-time jobs that we have pay coming in every week. Your livelihood, this is, you know, this is you. So yeah, it's, it's sink or swim mm-hmm. in these two shops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like is. that. I thought you guys would be, yeah. <laughs> A lot of fun things to relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were just stalking you a little, not on Instagram though, because I feel like your Instagram is just so pretty and it's just going to be pretty all the way down. So I didn't need to go <laughs> and do that. That yeah. look. No, is it get a little shy? Okay. What'd okay. you do down there? <laughs> <laughs> is there going to be some pocket hole somewhere that I'm going to find? Oh, we use pocket holes. We, we, oh, we see, don't, I, um... I don't, I don't judge them. We don't claim to not. We have a nice pocket hole machine, though. That's true. What's a nice one? You're doing them right. They're they're tasteful pocket holes when (laughs) Jeff does them. Right. They're all very evenly spaced, very, um, you know, well thought out where they're put. But yeah, we have an old Porter cable. Um, If you've heard of Castle, so Castle used to make these uh, pocket hole machines for Porter cable. Um, so it's, it's basically a TSM 12, I think is the model number, um, of what they're making now. So it's nice. Yeah. That's awesome. See, yeah. yeah. Who knew router based systems, right? Jeff, as opposed to a drill, drill bit for the correct stuff. Yeah. So it uses two routers, like, a, a one and a quarter horsepower to actually plow the three ace, um, pocket hole itself. And then there's a nine sixty four spit that runs on a, like a small palm router. And that's actually, it comes in uh, from the front and drills that hole. So your screw can go through. Perfect. See, I made the mistake of mentioning woodworking and look at you guys got all like, yeah, let's talk this. Let's talk uh, this, this through. Is, <laughs> this is the wood temple right here. This is, I'm in the American Craftsman podcast studio. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> How was your day today? Or both you know, your guys day actually. Yeah, not bad. What did I do today? Um, let's see. I woke up. I cut the grass. That's the first thing I did. 
that first, first time first of the year yeah which um you know kind of it almost brought a tear to my eye to have to go out there and do it but <laughs> i'm not a fan I'm not a fan of cutting the grass now did the mower start right up or was there issues i mean this is the first you know whenever you pull that out for the first time uh, i have an ego i oh. pop the battery in and i'm off there you go I see True to his word. We were just in your Amazon store. I said, you know, there's a lot of tools in here, but there's also a couple of, you know, stuff in the yard. Mm-hmm. Do I have some stuff in there? I don't even remember. Really? It's well organized. <laughs> yeah, we, we seem to get a little bit of traffic there, so I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Is, it, is it Rob doing all that or is that you? No, no, I'm definitely the technology guy. Yeah. Rob's the more poetic guy on the side. <laughs> Rob's the artist. Yeah. Um, he definitely has more of like an artistic brain and I'm more of like a, a um, anal- maybe analytical type of brain. Got you. And we should mention that he is your partner in this business, by the way, Green Street. Right, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're, the, we're all very com- comfortable with each other because we talk on Clubhouse. Or, right. You know, so <laughs> I always forget this is a broader audience here that we're that's going to be listening. So that's cool, though. Like. Have you always built things like I'm assuming? Um, no. So I got into like general carpentry back in 2012. Um, I worked, so I'm 33. That gives you a little um, bit of age and time timeline sort of idea. Um, I worked in restaurants from the time I was like, whatever, 13 or 14, whenever you can start working. Yeah. Um, up until 2012, um, I was working in restaurants. I, I waited tables. I bartended. I managed restaurants. Um, so in 2012, Hurricane Sandy hit New Jersey mm-hmm. and, and, you know, New York and the surrounding area. But uh, the restaurant I was working in, it took like probably seven feet of water. It was totally destroyed. Oh, wow. uh, my, yeah. Same thing in my house. I lost my car. It, it was crazy. Um, so I'm out of work, you know, we're waiting for this place to reopen. We all went in and we, we ripped the place apart to get it, you know, ready to be fixed up and stuff. Um, and I get a call from my boss. He says, Hey, um, so-and-so who's a client of the, of the restaurant. Um, he's been working with a general contractor and he wants to know if anybody, you know, needs work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, definitely. This is like around Thanksgiving time. So probably about a month after, after the storm. Um, so I picked up just like literally just general labor work with this guy. We're going and cutting sheetrock out at 24 inches because, you know, basically the whole coast of New Jersey was flooded, um, with, it wasn't even a hurricane, Superstorm Sandy, they call it. Um, so yeah, just doing like real grunt work, a little bit of painting, maybe learning as you go. Right. And I had no idea. I, I had never done any of this stuff. Um, not to say my dad wasn't like handy, but he, he wasn't a woodworker or a mechanic or anything, um, of that sort. So I didn't, I didn't even grow up really doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I really enjoyed it when I started to do it. And, um, eventually I got a job with a custom builder and, um, started out as like the low man on the totem pole with the trim crew. And then you know, over the course of a couple of years, I worked my way up to the lead finished carpenter. Um, and from nice. there, yeah. And, uh, Matt knows this, I've told him this before. It's like always this 
this fear of being found out that you have no clue what you're doing is what drove me to to, to learn be, yeah learn, you yeah. know learn as much as i can be such a good student yeah absolutely yeah so every day i would go home and uh youtube the contractor talk forums all kinds of stuff just trying to learn and um and figure out more so that when i went to work i didn't feel like such an idiot and i didn't feel like you know i didn't know what i was doing that's awesome though not a lot of people do that like some people just la 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 you know through their life and no i like that you took that extra step and you did that research yeah i mean there's no worse feeling than somebody being like what's your problem like you don't know yeah. what what do you mean you don't know what how to cut you know a, a 22 and a half degree yeah. miter or whatever anything yep um so yeah so i i kind of i hit the ceiling at that job um i was doing you know a lot of custom trim coffered ceiling stuff like that um and sort of like running the finish phase of the job so i i got word of an opening at a cabinet shop um and i it was actually the shop that rob had been working at that's where we met uh, he oh, was installing awesome. yeah installing a kitchen on a job uh, that I was working on as the carpenter. And that's how we met. We hit it off, you know, off the bat. We we're shooting the shit talking about. Let me know if I'm not allowed to say. Oh, uh, no, this is swearing. Whatever okay. you want. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Let I don't the floodgates open. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be free. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Rob and I hit it off off the bat. And then like I I didn't see him for, you know, it was a couple years later. I end up getting a job at this cabinet shop uh, as the installer. So I was the sole installer. I installed all the kitchens and oh, millwork. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then when I wasn't installing, like if there wasn't an install, I was in the shop and I built basically the special. So anything that was weird or complicated, I kind of built that stuff. Um, and then three years ago, Rob and I started Green Street Joinery. That's awesome. I, I was curious how long it's been. Yeah, it'll be three years in September. So not even three yet. That is crazy. Two, two and a half years. That's awesome. You guys Matt. have built, built it up very, very quickly, very impressively. Right? It's the coming together. I mean, you can hear it right there. The guy's got insane amounts of building experience. And then when you match that up with, you know, Rob, who also has a ton of experience in, you know, the artistic side, mm -hmm. the organization, you know, you guys, including all the fusion stuff, you know, it's it just, it, it's all coming together. It's, it's, it's awesome. You guys, you, you present it extremely well and it, mm -hmm. it, it makes sense that it works. You know, it, it's awesome. It's so fun that, you know, we get to interact and know you guys because we, you teach a lot or not a lot. You teach so much. Everything you do is, is, you know, something that can be learned from because it's done right. Well, yeah. I appreciate it, but it's still that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Of course. That you're going to oh, get found absolutely. out. <laughs> that you had that I haven't because here's the thing I I compare myself to everyone else so then I see these people um and guys who I talk to all the time guys like Freddie Roman or anybody um these furniture makers I compare myself to them like I know nothing <laughs> so I better just keep grinding and and yeah. trying to figure all this out because um like if I want to rub shoulders with these guys then I have to be able to back up you know and be deserving of being in that sort of place. Is that why your podcast kind of did that like tip to going over like the different uh, genres? 
I guess would be the term. Um, what is the term like of different styles of furniture? Eras? Yeah, we're calling yeah, them like the periods. Yeah, period, 12 periods. periods. Yeah. Um, 12 periods of American furniture. Um, maybe subconsciously it was. We've definitely learned a lot. Because you do a lot um, of research, I assume. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can see these are all furniture books back here. Um, and we do a lot of research online. Mm -hmm. um, we, we wanted to be able to offer something to people that wasn't just entertainment. Like there's a lot of podcasts out there mm -hmm. and I'd say 95% of them are, are, you know, kind of like entertainment based. Mm -hmm. So when we finished the first season and we were thinking of what, you know, what are we going to do for the second season to change things up? Cause we kind of saw a dip in the listenership. Um, we knew we had to do something. So, you know, this was one of the ideas we came up with is let's take the 12 periods of American furniture. We'll split it up into four episodes each. And, um, we try and, you know, teach people about American furniture. It's the American Craftsman podcast after all. So, yeah, I think it's perfect. It's a great fit and it definitely benefits you guys. Like me having this podcast and talking to all the different makers benefits me because I'm learning everyone's different techniques, stuff like that. So for you to go through and, and you know, do all those research on every single error that we have, like, that's insane. There's now you have so much more knowledge for whatever you want to do and inspiration too. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah, definitely inspiration. Um, and we've like amassed probably by this point, let's see, we're on episode uh, 30, I think was released on Friday, the second season. Nice. So we're probably looking at like 150 pages just so far, wow. you know, we'll have, um, if we do full 52 episodes, you know, we have a, a couple ideas for other episodes. We have anywhere between like four to seven pages per episode of outline. So are you doing a about, book at the end? I was going to say, yeah, you're going to compile it or what? A lot of people have said that maybe we should. I you don't you know. really should. I say just publish it. I mean, look at how like a lot of people on Clubhouse just publishing books on Amazon. It's that easy. Why not? If you have it all documented, just put it together, make a little pretty package and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It would definitely, it needs some editing. It's kind of, Oh rough, yeah, I'm but... sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be as simple as just, but you got a huge start. It feels like yeah. as well. I got something. I want to know about the baking. Cause I saw that, that trifle you made and the bread. <laughs> uh, I used to work at a local grocery store as a baker for I think four, four or five years. And then me and my sister did a cake business. So we went like to cake, like I used to be a cake decorator and everything too. So we went to um, just like Michael's, you know, cake decorating school or whatever, mm -hmm. got that thing. And then we did it out of our houses for, I think seven years of my life wow. until I had the kids. So I was doing pretty recently and I used to sell those Easter breads. Like I used to actually like, you know, when I had no kids, I had time to dye all the eggs and let mm -hmm. them dry. And that way they'd be like real colorful and fun breads. And I would sell them every Easter. Like I would do the like um, biscotti for Christmas. So we're, we're Italian. So like we'd make a big, huge, giant batches of biscotti. And then we would just package them up in little gift boxes and sell them. And like, so that's like part of my, like, I like, when we were at workbench con and they went to like the newbie meeting and they were like, so how long have you been content creating and selling goods online? And people were like, they're like one year. And they, like a lot of people were still standing. 
two years, like half the room goes down <laughs> three years. Like, and then like they kept going, they're like 10 years. And there's like only two people, which is like me and somebody else 15. I'm still standing. The other person's down. I'm like, and she's just like, I'm like, I've been doing this for a while. I don't know. <laughs> it was just That's really awesome. funny. Cause like it hit me. I go to my house and I'm like, damn, okay. I didn't like, I, I don't realize how so many people are still so new to it. Cause I've been doing it since I was a kid, you know, it's just kind of naturally grown with it. But yeah. So I've been a baker. I like to bake. What do you make? Uh, anything. Really? Yeah. Nothing, nothing special for holidays. Um, I mean, Christmas time, you do the cookies. I had fun with that this year with my son. He's, uh, he'll be four in, was it two months? So it was a good, it's a good time now. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's just old enough to be able to do like some little things and not like create a ton of havoc for, for me. Um, so we, we, in a day baked like, I don't know, six or seven different kinds of cookies. It was fun. That's awesome though. I like doing the cutout cookies with the kids because it's like the instant gratification mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. It's hard because it's just chaos, but it's cute. Yeah, rolling rolling out the dough. That's that's the problem. And then it gets too hot and then you gotta put mm-hmm. it back in the freezer. Like it's it's fun in theory, but it is a pain. <laughs> yeah. And I use a big, yeah. a big uh, disher to do cookies. So it's like you don't have to make that many because they're huge. The cookies oh. are like this big. I see. <laughs> Plus, you don't feel guilty that you only had one cookie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Rob and I were talking about that recently. <laughs> Make them big so you don't feel guilty that you, <laughs> you yeah. only had one. Well, no, you still have like three, but. <laughs> <laughs> They're thin. You roll them out big, thin, you know. <laughs> it's deceptive. I mean, yeah, some, uh, I forget how it came up. You know, sometimes you read a recipe, it's like drop by rounded teaspoonful. I'm like a teaspoon. You're making like Nilla wafers. That's it. Those things will burn up too. You'll cook them for 15 seconds and they'll be cooked. It's just yeah, use a one ounce disher. <laughs> As like a guy, I could see this. Like you're like, I want a meal here when I'm baking. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. just grab this little cookie. And you're going to be cooking cookies for the whole day because it's, it's like a thousand batches. <laughs> I want to do so two pans and call, and call it a day. That's just so in, in and out done 12 cookies <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually i can't even fit 12 on a thing they're so big i was gonna say that yeah that one at work it's like a. Well, i was thinking 12 six, between nine. the two sheets oh. six. Oh yeah usually i get eight i get eight on a sheet i'll okay. do six and then uh two 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 and then one in in the holes whatever, so true. Yeah, whatever. it's like no. a dice a dice layout so anyone yeah. who bakes is totally gonna relate to this by the way <laughs> They're gonna be like, yup. Fun fact, you didn't know that big. See? No, That's... I did not. That, this is news to me. And I, I honestly, my baking career is, it's on hiatus currently. I'm sure it's soon to come back. I, it's I just getting started. With my mother, you know, it's been 10, 12 years since I've probably done that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's surely coming up back upon me that that'll be a part of my life. Yeah, no, it's coming back for me too. Which is funny because like it's been a six years. I haven't really done it that often, and now like the kids are like, oh, "Wait, mom, you know how to bake?" I'm like, "Shit," because <laughs> now they're just like, "Can we do this? Can we do this?" Because like they didn't know, but I have like a giant storage cabinet of like all kinds of different like themed pans and stuff. Like they saw like the ghosts, the giant pumpkins, like all these things. They're like, and the skulls. They're like, "Oh," <laughs> I'm like, "Oh gosh." 
All the requests that are rolling in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that they know what's in there, absolutely. I'm sure your son's going to be the same way too, Jeff. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my wife is a big baker. She made a, um, oh, awesome. her sister's birthday is tomorrow, which also happens to be Easter. Easter, yeah. But she made like a, it's like a s'mores cake or something. It's like Ooh. chocolate cake with chocolate ganache and toasted marshmallows. And um, I don't know what the frosting is. Oh, it's like a like an Italian meringue. Ooh, OK, and it's torched. It's it's pretty serious. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it smelled very good. I did funfetti with chocolate pudding, whipped cream and M&Ms. Yeah. Yeah, that's just here. like it's. It's Heaven? just a straight classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun study. Oh, yeah. It, it was just yellow cake. And I was like, I've got rainbow sprinkles. I can change this. <laughs> Spice it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that everyone's hungry after this podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what made you want to have your business, like to branch off and do it for yourself? Because that's a lot of responsibility. I'm just curious. Yeah. So, um, the shop where Rob and I worked, um, it was, uh, chaotic to say the least. Um, the owner, you know, one of those guys who has a, a relatively successful business, but once you're there for a little while, you realize that like the guy has no business owning a business, um, horrible business person, uh, a horrible manager. Um, just, just, he was just really bad at it. Yeah. Um, so we were always trying to improve the company, you know, along with the other guys that worked there. Um, Manny, you guys met Manny at maker camp. He worked there. Um, thankfully he was able to get out as well. Um, so we're always trying to, to fix all of these, you know, gaping wounds in the company that are just like bleeding out money. And, uh, it, it never really worked. The guy, you know, he wasn't having it. He, he, they would listen and then we'd say, okay, we're going to change some things and then it would never change. So we had been planning, you know, and scheming to try and do our own thing for a while. And Rob had had his own business before. He just, you know, he was getting older. He was sick of working by himself. He, um, had hurt his, his elbow. Um, so he, he made the call to go work at this shop. So he had been working there for a couple of years. Um, and Rob ends up getting laid off the day after oh, wow. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. The guy says, Oh, you know, we're going to be slow for a couple of weeks. So, um, if you don't mind just stay home for a couple of weeks and, um, and I'll give you a call in a couple of weeks, but he never called. Um, they, they butt heads a lot, you know, because Rob having run his own business had real tangible, um, proof to back up all these claims that we were making. We'd have these yeah. meetings like, why are we doing this when we should be doing this? And Rob was able to say, you know, I did it this way and I made this much money or, or, um, you know, by doing yeah. this, we can save this much money. So he, he always had a, a stick up his ass for Rob. Um, so Rob gets laid off and I'm still working there. That's in December. And I was there until, um, September, I believe it was like Labor Day. Um, my mother-in-law actually ended up in the hospital with a heart issue. So she's wow. like a super healthy woman, eats, eats well, does yoga, exercises, all that. Um, and 
I think it turns out this wasn't the case, but the doctors were like, listen, this is from work. The stress is going to kill you. She had to get a pacemaker. Um, so at that point, I had been I had been at home for a couple of days because my wife was with her mom and I was at home, you know, watching our son. Um, and I'm like, man, I got to fucking get out of this job because it was it was it was really bad. It was, you know, when you wake up and you're like, I, I don't want to go to work and you come home and, it, you know, the things from the day are eating you alive. Mm-hmm. So um, I understand that. Yeah, we had been trying. <laughs> you guys to... know. Yeah, I understand <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I won't say, I was, but I have a question for you later. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it. we had been trying to get a bunch of jobs lined up, so I was able to just cut loose and, and start Green Street Joinery. Awesome, um, dude. But it, it, that was just a straw that broke the camel's back. And mm-hmm. I, you know, talked to my wife about it and and decided, you know, I just I got to cut and run. So I, I sent a letter of resignation. I gave him, you know, my two weeks. And and that was that. I took a leap of faith, really. That's that's exciting. And we you had can... like one job lined up. <laughs> that's balls, dude. Yeah, balls. it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a big job. <laughs> Like I've got this uh four hundred dollar job lined up. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was scary. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely yeah. It, it is scary. And you had you already had your son already, right? Yeah, he was. Um, let's see, that was three. He was yeah going on two. Yeah. Get Tell me about that laser. Yeah. Oh, this thing. Or oh, you this? can ask about oh, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's cool too. You can look at the laser. <laughs> I haven't used it yet, but it's a 70 watt um, and it's a 14 by 20 cutting area, but all these little panels come through on all four sides. So you can slide through as big as you want for like length and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Rob and I are, we're doing a little window shopping on a laser, oh, believe yeah. it or not. As shocking as that may sound. No, it's wow. not shocking. Cause you know what? It's just technology. It's just a tool. Well, we have a, um, a commission that we're still we're we're still in the sort of um, research and development stage for high quantities of um, basically it's a finger jointed box. Um, I I guess I I can't say at the moment who or what it's for, but oh, that's no worries. But how thick um, is the wood? Peep, it's three eighths inch walnut. Okay. Um, so we're looking at like the 90, 100 watt, maybe 150 watt range. Right, you wanted to cut through a nice. Decent right. size, yeah. Um, because the only way to really make them make that unit price low enough is to you not know, be cutting do something those. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yourself. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a lot of time to build those boxes. You know, the way that we typically build things. That's cool. That's a great application for it. Yeah, I actually have Chad from Chad's Custom Creations. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at Maker Camp. Uh, I sent him a file to see if he can try cutting it out as our proof of concept. But yeah, we're ready to drop like 10,000 on a laser. That's awesome. Yeah, this was eight. Yeah, yeah, it looks nice. What's yeah. the brand? Boss Laser? Yeah, it's Boss Laser. It was I don't eight know and that was anything delivered. about. So they're so American. So well, American made. Obviously, the mm-hmm. parts came from somewhere else, probably. Yeah. But they assemble it all in Stanford, Florida. And then they ship them out from there. And 
the nice part about them is you can just call the salesperson and chat and chat like directly right to the person. You can That's call cool. their tech support and, and chat with them if something goes wrong. And, um, the only thing that I think they're lacking is they don't have like a big community and that's what I'm going to try to change with them. Cause they don't sponsor people really. But I think the reason they don't have a big community is because they're so good at their job of like right. handling issues that people don't have to have a community. But I think that they, every, everybody who uses a certain brand should have a community. Cause like you want to be able to like learn things from people and get tips and tricks for your machine and not yeah. like, it's nice to learn on other people's machines, but you want to learn directly on what, what's the, the nice things to know about your, your tool. So I'm hoping they yeah, that's that one of the out. advantages to buying like the, you know, most popular tool mm -hmm. you know, in any it. given, right. You know, there's all those, all those people that had to figure out and screw up yes. and now you, you can, yep. you know, find out from them like, Oh, don't do this because you know, yeah. And I was going to get in, was it OM tech or OM tech? I always say it differently, but yeah, I was, was going to go with those. them because they gave me an affiliate offer and everything. So that would have been sweet. Um, but the machine wouldn't have fit in this room mm -hmm. and this machine barely fit in this room. So that's why I had to get boss because they had a 70 watt that was in a smaller size that would make it through all these doors. That's our struggle. Limitations. Is the shop is small. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, it, definitely cannot live in the shop full time no matter what we get um oh really i don't know this may have to go in my basement right here yeah i mean that's where mine is because <laughs> i don't want to worry about having the uh the co2 like to explode on me like because mm -hmm. if the temperature goes too low or too high it's it's not good for it so right yep yeah i'm i'm just dipping my toes into knowing anything about a laser to be honest yeah. Oh, me too. I haven't even turned it on yet. <laughs> I'm not even joking. They had they, they forgot to send me one um, cable, so it's on its way over. It should be here, I think, Monday. But yeah, so I haven't even turned it on yet. But I I have nothing to cut on it yet. Anyways, I'm I'm making like I bought it for a certain product that I want to make that I can't talk about too much either because I think it's mm -hmm. gonna be nice. Um, so. <laughs> So I have to design all the files though. I haven't done it yet because I took on the new jobs. So <laughs> I'm like, I actually sat down today and it was the very first time that I actually opened up something and started creating. So I'm I'm excited. Like I'm finally in the creation stages and soon enough I'll be I'll be playing with it. Nice. Yeah, I had to uh, draw that file for the first time, a laser file. Mm -hmm. And Chad's telling me, yeah, just get Inkscape and try that. And I opened it up and it was like, totally confusing like it inkscape seems simple. Is weird it's so weird i, I like i can it. draw in fusion but i had inkscape and i couldn't figure it out um so i did i figured Matt's out a like, way i to don't do like it on, programs on fusion <laughs> oh, you sketch up you sketch up yeah you sketch up. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can, I can, I can inkscape the only thing i don't have right now that everyone else apparently has is a secret laser project so i, I don't have anything like that going on yet sorry. not yet yet you have some more room in that shop, I'm sure. I mean, you could just move some wood from one corner to another corner. It'd be all right. Oh, yeah. If you guys, if anybody wants to store a laser here, I, I, I can totally clear out a corner. That's that's no problem. I, you guys the coin and the reason to buy one. I just have a little bit of space. I don't have the money, but you can put it here. I can it's see, a little far for us. Yeah. For Matt, I could see you doing like custom molding for some reason, like really cool decorative things if somebody wanted it the on arches. a piece yeah like just like different little yeah 
Cause I've never really thought about a laser in a furniture shop. Like what could it be used for? But Template. a lot. Template. Definitely templates. Templates. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you said different, even, even honestly, uh, you said moldings, but I'm thinking of it in even a different, like different way where I could cut out the uh, plexiglass template guide the grinder and grind custom knives to cut profiles so, yeah to make molding yeah, exactly you make like yeah. a little template thing it's it, there's different ways to use it but for sure anytime you need something that's super precise you know you run the router against it and being able to have one that's powerful enough to cut what you guys are talking about quarter three ace acrylic or little plywood or whatever that well, that would be super cool that's exactly why i thought about it because i remember like actually when i first met you matt you were like custom cutting some knives to do like a custom molding. You were trying to match something on a job, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It was, it was a it was a tough thing to do. It was exactly that. It was cutting out the plexiglass. I actually tried um, different scroll saw blades. It, it it kept like melting, like sealing itself back up. It was it was so funny. I would go and make the entire cut with the scroll saw. And then the two pieces would be melted together so you couldn't take them apart because it just, it went through and it was going up and down so fast. It, just it, was literally just, it would go along the line. It looked like you cut it and then you could not you couldn't take them apart. You're satisfied the whole way through and you try to do the, like the snap. You're like, nope. <laughs> Completely sealed. Oh man. <laughs> but you learn. You take out a hacksaw and you do it by hand and you file it and you sand it. Like you said, Je Jeff said it. You always find it. Right? There's always yeah. a, uh, it's the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, your website, by the way, we were, we were stalking you a little bit and I loved like, just like how bold you are with exactly who you are, what you're making and why you're making it. Like <laughs> we, we read like your little taglines and everything. I like mm -hmm. it though. Wow. It's, thanks. It's like, this is who we are. Like we're trying to build stuff that's going to like last and not just fade out. Yeah. I mean, um, we talked about it a lot because we shot the four episodes on Thursday or recorded, I should say, of the arts and crafts period. Like we're true adherents to the arts and crafts ideology of, of furniture and of working, you know, um, you know, just you do the best that you can and you always try and do better. Yeah. That's awesome. Perfect. You laid it out very clearly. I was going to ask you, how often do you guys go through and um, update that website? It looks like it's, you know, brand spanking new fresh. Is that like a once a quarter thing or what? No. Um, I've I've made some slight changes here and there since I, I, I put the website together. A lot of the writing is Rob's. Um, you know, I oh, changed wait. some pictures around. Yeah. And... Um, and stuff like that but yeah i haven't changed it much it's been up probably two years now yeah we had just like sort of like a page on rob's old website before that that you know we were redirecting to it's a great landing spot though it brings you to your page it shows your you know examples of your work it's nice what i want to do is get that video that walter peter shot for us and to get that as like a pop-up so when you go to the website that's the first thing that pops up um it's on my to-do list which is pretty long <laughs> i understand that <laughs> i feel like i'm just finally getting yeah. there what was that matt who do you host with what uh what company do you have your website through um that's weebly weebly yep. yeah so it's i think square 
technically because we have a the e-commerce section of the um the website so it has to go through that um but it's like a weebly built website so it's really just like a drag and drop i was gonna say it's probably um, fairly easy to pop it on yeah i mean i'm no web designer there's (laughs) no seo on there it's it's it definitely it needs work uh, by a professional but when when you're busy enough it really doesn't make sense to put any money into that because Mm -hmm. you know it's working yeah or at least something is working yeah maybe if we have some money left over at the end of this year we got to get rid of before the tax man finds out about it (laughs) we'll put a little money into the website i was gonna say it comes to the point too is like when you're so busy with stuff that just hire somebody for some things we can't do it all we um we're firm believers in that upholstery we hire out for that um all kinds of stuff like if there's somebody that does it full time typically it's going to be more cost effective to pay them um full price versus trying to figure it out yourself mhm the just the amount of time that something can save you it's it's crazy yeah that's not to say that sometimes you shouldn't do it the other way and learn yourself because we do that as well but mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that on every job. No, you'll be, you'll bury yourself. Yeah. Tell me I, what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live under the pile that I buried myself under every day. <laughs> yeah, you really can, do live tough. under a pile over there, man. <laughs> you uh, always have so many cool things popping out of your shop, Matt. Though you're like you're constantly mm-hmm. moving. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's going to get exciting as far as things looking like finished products in the next, next like two weeks is going to start to look like I actually do complete something out of here. And it's not always wood. That's just in process. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's some wood. Here's some wood moved over here. Now it looks like this. Yeah. Then you have to give it away. It's like giving away, you know, one of your children. And it's hard to get rid of a product when it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be it'll be good and actually this is this is a nice uh as far as it doesn't really have to go very far because this is at my parents house, so i'll visit it all the time there you go oh that's their island that you're working on now oh yeah it's all everything that you've seen out of me for the last six months has probably been my parents house oh wow it's they just like redoing it the, the, the addition wow. the uh bathroom project upstairs the it's all at the same house and then obviously i've, I've mixed in projects at our house in preparation for the kid coming so that was some little stuff but it's it's been pretty much that just because of exactly what jeff said taking on not that i self-performed too many things but i mean stuff like a tile bathroom took me out of this shop for, for i have no business tiling a shower when i need to be here making cabinets it's like like you said yeah. it's, it's knowing your lane it's knowing when to hire the professional and, and making it a call obviously it's also having professionals on call that you can you know call and refer to is obviously my lack of a tile guy is what led me to be in that bathroom doing the tile work but in the future don't take on a tile job until you have a tile guy lined up yeah (laughs) that's the hard part too is finding somebody that's good and who you can trust in 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 the word you know being small i i only can really turn over what am i going to do one or two bathrooms a year and and everything else Who's going to pick up my phone and be a tile guy that's going to be awesome, super responsive, coming in? It's like, 
they don't care. They have plenty of other work. So it's like, yeah. it's, it's it's one of those tough, tough things, but you'll get yourself an apprentice one day too. And that'll that's, help. That's, that's something that I was going to say as well. It's, it's one of the uh, biggest superpowers of these two as well, besides the immense amounts of experience they both have being together, being able to collaborate, being able to um, just, just work to, you know, stand on either side of the tool, pass the, whatever, mm-hmm. you saying this while I cut this, that kind of stuff. Where I, when I leave this place, the lights go off. Not that you guys ever really split up too much, but you know what I'm saying? Like just having that two man power, it's, it's, just, it's, it's awesome. It's been fun mm-hmm. to see you guys. Yeah. There's, there's so many processes that are so much easier with two guys, you know, and, and um, you, you able to build up a momentum. Um, it's a good dynamic. We had a, we had a third partner for a while. Um, and it was, it was a total hindrance, much better with just two people. And you're in a small shop too. So it just makes sense. Yeah. We're only 800 square feet. So, um, and we have a lot of, a lot of machines. Matt, how big is your place? I'm just looking at it. looks pretty huge. Yeah, no, the total rental space is uh, 2,500, I believe, square feet. Look at that. And I think this is about 30 by 40. So this is only like 1,200 out here, actually. So the shop itself is 1,200 square. And then I have all these other things that are great, like bathrooms and places to put dust collection. I have a spray booth in the back separated but it's it's hilarious because jeff knows i mean you could give us ten thousand square feet and we'll eventually fill it up with tools and stuff and then oh, yeah. you can see you can barely even walk around in here with all the paint frames and all this crap that's everywhere just because this is how it goes you build stuff it takes up a ton of room i mean these guys they they fill up build a couple of big huge cabinet boxes they, they have to like stack them up to the ceiling just to be able to get around oh it's bad right now yeah it's bad what are you working on jeff uh, so right now we're working on a bunch of closets for the builder I used to work for. So, um, there is one closet, um, that is in maple and then another closet that's in cherry. And we, we already delivered all the parts for three other closets of maple, but, um, the one we're doing now is a master closet and it's like 12, three, 12 foot walls of 24 inch deep. Uh, yeah, nice. it's, so it's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, so we like built the boxes and then we, we stacked them all, you know, they're all seven feet tall. We stacked them all on one side of the shop and then they're next to the Y belt sander. So then we're building the face frames. We got to move the stuff to get to that. And it's, you know, you're jockeying stuff around. It's, it's tough. So what is your goals? Like, are you trying to get to a bigger shop now, or is that something you're not trying to worry about right now and just kind of keep grinding out, playing the game, like safe and, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate dream is, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy, Thomas Moser, Viz, uh, I'm sure you've he heard. He might, I'm, you know. He So, uh, Thos Moser, T-H-O-S is the name of the company, which it stands for Thomas. Um, he is in... I think it's Maine, right? Yeah, I was going to say Maine. Um, and, you know, they have showrooms in New York and all over the place. It's a big furniture company, but they still do everything, you know, really well. They're, they're just like us where they, and obviously they have bigger machines, but right. it's hybrid woodworking where there's handwork and there's machine work. Um, and they sell a really good product, a really nicely designed product for a, nice. a, a very fair price, I think. Um, and they, they, they're giving people good jobs. 
And that's what we would really like to have is something like that, where, you know, we could have a, a line of furniture, multiple lines of furniture and have a shop where, um, you know, we can employ people and put out a good product and then, then have time to do our own wacky stuff on the side. You know, that's the ultimate dream is to just build whatever you want. Um, that's why at the beginning of the year, we built, uh, two spec pieces. Actually, I have that cherry bench right here. Um, because that's what every furniture maker wants to do. I think is build what they want to build and then sell it. They don't want to have to do commissions. I think that's every artist too. Like I'm at that point right now too. Mm -hmm. It's just like, now I say that as I'm going to be getting to into back into customizable pieces again, but I took a nice hiatus from it and it was wonderful. <laughs> it felt so good. And one day I'll be doing that again too, but yeah, I mean, dealing yeah. with clients, like I'm dealing with a client now um, on this job where we're replacing cabinetry um, that got damaged by um, a big storm that we had. And uh, you know, so I make this design improve it you know wildly aesthetically and functionally from what they had and they just want this bad ugly design like and you know when you're yeah somewhat creative and i'm somewhat creative and i think you know my design is getting better it it's painful to argue with these people because they think they know better than you and um you know you have to just basically bend to their their will right uh, because at the yeah at the end of the day if you want to get the job you have to give them what they want so there's only so much pushing you can do um so to cut that whole uh headache out of it would be great yeah awesome what kind of furniture would you make or would you do various styles yeah all kinds of stuff yeah just whatever nice so we're gonna be seeing some more spec pieces up. coming out then I'm, I'm assuming when you have time yeah cool definitely I still have to sell this one. We sold the other one, but we saw. Again, we're it. good stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about raffling off this bench, uh, but logistically, just trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah, that's too much you work. Selling Enjoy. tickets and then, yeah. yeah, you know, maybe 100 bucks a pop. You sell uh, how many? 30 slots, right? What'd you have it up for? It's at it's 3750. Oh, but okay. then we would have to we would have to factor in um freight. Shipping. So you're probably yeah. talking about like five grand. Yeah. Um so whatever, sell 50 tickets at hundred bucks. Whoever gets picked, you want it. Hundred bucks. Actually, I was gonna ask about um just your podcast and the people who follow you and who you interact with. Do you do you interact with primarily, at least on Instagram, other furniture makers, would you say? Or is it a mixed yeah, bag. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I get, I get messages from, from all kinds of people I'd say. Um, but the people that I'm actively talking to on a regular basis are all other, um, for the most part, business owners building casework and furniture. That's cool. I mean, it makes sense too. why you're like, your podcast has been doing really well now, right. With the topic yeah. switch and like, mm -hmm. you must be growing a community around it. I would assume at least with, within you two. Yeah, uh, actually. So we delivered um, those two Oak pieces with the brass mesh panels. I don't know if you guys saw on Instagram, mm -hmm. sort of like mm -hmm. a mid century. Oh, yeah. um, so we delivered those on Friday and um, we're, you know, standing around shooting the shit with the client and 
he was talking about something. I said, how did you find us, by the way? And he goes, well, during the pandemic, I found your podcast and I started listening to it. And so that was the first. So um, awesome. Yeah. First client to have come from the podcast. And I think he was like embarrassed because he, you know, they came to the shop and we talked back and forth for a long time. And he, he had like, never I'm mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so his wife cool. was like, I'd walk up there and hear your voice. You, you know, one of your guys voice. I'd be like, you still listen to this stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a furniture fan, then he may not make it, but he appreciates it. Yeah, he's uh, like in commercial real estate and construction. So, um, you know, he said he always liked working with his hands. And, you know, we're talking about that, having that. um ability to see a tangible finished product is, you know, really important and, and satisfying. You know, if you work in an office and you move numbers around all day, mm -hmm. what do you actually get to see at the end? So a chart yeah. that says, look, we made more money. Mm -hmm. It's not the same no. Um, no. as being able to touch something and see it and see the look on a person's face when you drop it off. That's so true. This is so true. Cause I experienced both of those things on a daily basis, you know, like you ship off a piece of art and you get the reaction video and it's so exciting. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I crunch spreadsheets all day and it's like, Oh, look at pretty numbers. <laughs> Popeyes is like, damn it. You spelled nugget wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's supposed to be spicy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. yeah. and Jeff, I'm sure that's what kind of fueled your love for it when you transitioned from doing uh, restaurant stuff. It's like you had, restaurant yeah you're still making stuff but then you're handing it off to somebody else to go and enjoy yes at the end of the day you're doing work it's for a client but they get to enjoy it and like you said it's going to be something that's going to be enjoyed in many many years yeah and that was the biggest thing too and rob you know comes from the same background of of the hospitality industry um which i think really plays to our favor because in the service industry you know, you learn how to cater to the client. And that's something I think we do really well um, yeah. is, you know, at the end of the day, it, we just want to make the client happy. That's the, the end goal um, and give them the best product possible. Yes. There's no one happy yeah. behind the street. Hopefully not. What's one of the favorite pieces that you've made? I'm just curious. Uh, definitely that steel and glass wine cabinet with the oak yeah it's on that's, your website yep mm -hmm. that's like uh yeah our, our magnum opus at this point it's gorgeous but we have some more steel steel work coming up um, do you have a I'm, photo of it all filled in like with bottles and stuff no and believe it or not the client sold the house and moved oh, to florida and you're never gonna have that photo left it with the house yeah but they may want they may want another one. Oh, there you go there you go I think that, yeah, the designer that we did that with is actually doing their house down there. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I said, you know, we travel. There you as go. long as the money's green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. As long as the money's green. Yeah. Hey. That's oh, true. I mean, you're we a have business. a job coming up uh, in the Hamptons, which is, you know, it's like four hours away, but. You know, you want to pay for us to go out there. We'll do the job. Dude, that's awesome. What are you doing there? Uh, right now, it's two vanities and two like wall units in the great room and maybe a closet. So we'll see. Nice, nice woman. She's got a good budget. That's like 
the one thing it's like if you don't have a good budget it's i mean it's nothing personal we just you, you want to do nice work and that's going to require a big budget yeah yeah i mean it, we just the way we do things costs a lot of money it's mm -hmm. not like we're not making a ton you know uh some exorbitant amount of money it just costs right. that much money to do it right. the way that we do it um so if you don't have a big enough budget we just can't do the job like we'd rather pass on the job than do it a way that you know we're not comfortable with right it wouldn't be your work right yeah if we um, wanted to do that we would have stayed at the shop that we worked at and you know just half-assed it all the time no that makes a lot of sense uh, you're putting your name on everything every every you're, you're only as good as the last thing that came out of your shop so like you said mm -hmm. you want to make sure that every single thing that goes out is as good as it possibly could have been and it, like you said it can only be done in the finances from there yep agreed yeah that's cool though hopefully she's an entertainer if it's in her great room i'm just thinking more jobs for mm -hmm. jeff and rob <laughs> <laughs> yeah we that's, want socialites that's if you ever heard really, of sam yeah, Malou, exactly. that's how he got he got so big yeah, you, know. you have to find the right customer base and mm -hmm. that sounds awesome right there for you and yeah as long as you don't mind the travel then you're great no just factor into the into the price mm-hmm we bid a job in Nantucket last year. We didn't end up getting it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I don't even know how far that is. That's really far. That's oh, like yeah. maybe 10 hours from us. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's tip of Massachusetts. So it's yeah. you're going all the way. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking ferries and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Logistics crazy. for just like getting things there. Mm -hmm. Don't forget yeah. something at the shop. Yeah. When you have to go to Nantucket. <laughs> That just makes me think of Ricky TV, though, like because I don't know if you follow him at all, but he does mm -hmm. a lot of on build, like on site builds. And whenever he's going to do the installations, it's just every single tool from his shop gets put into the back of his truck. And you just he, he usually will record himself loading it. So you get to just see the chaos of like the cables coming out and all these things. It's it's ridiculous, but it makes sense like you you. You're not going to just find that tool wherever you are that you need, even if it's as simple as a tape measure. If there's, if you're on an island and nobody has it, then yeah. And you want your tool because yeah. to do good work, you know, you have to be comfortable with. It's true. Um, Matt knows we spend years, you know, through trial and error, changing tape measures, pencils, any tool. Everything you can think of. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I must have used every single tape measure that is made. So you found the one that you like. Yeah. So you want, you know, you want to be in your element when you're working. That's really funny because in your uh, Amazon uh, affiliates area and you had all your tools listed out, Matt had made a comment like those are definitely probably the tools that he uses that he's gone through, vetted <laughs> and knows that these are the ones that I like and would recommend and, and put out there in the world. Like, you know. Yeah, you know, I have to go and update that. I know I'm gonna like. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go update that because that's probably like a there's stuff that's been changed since I put that all up. You better now. I'm blasting it out all up on here. So <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get you uh focus on and then you have that free 15 minutes. Are you putting a note? Remind me tomorrow to change the Amazon store. Yeah. <laughs> I live I like off of off of uh iPhone reminders. Yeah, does that help you keep your business organized and just life in general? Oh yeah, I have yeah. Uh, re ones that repeat. I have uh, I I must set a dozen a, a day. Yeah, 
I like doing that. I like doing notes. Sometimes I do bad things like just take a screenshot and then it just gets lost in all my photos. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'll just screenshot that. I'll get back to it later. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the king of reading an email and then marking it as unread. Mm-hmm. Cause then I know I see that notification. I got, it means I have to go back. Yeah. 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 Let me just put a little note to just go back to my emails. <laughs> I, I try not to, to let anything slip through the cracks. It does happen, but yeah. Again, you know, you don't want the client to have an, an email go unanswered for a week. Yeah. You know, because just not good, not good for the client. So. Yeah. Even if you just give an update, hi, you haven't got to it yet on our agenda for this, that it just lets them know that you're aware that you have business booked with them. And it's just, plus it's back and forth. It's just building a nice rapport with somebody too. Yeah. Yeah. We pride ourselves on, on the communication. Like if you email me, I'm going to email you back. If I, if I'm actively reading it, I'm just going to email you right back. And we, you know, correspond with people. Sometimes you don't even get an email back and it's, you know, infuriating. Yeah. No, I get that. Don't mind me. I'm just writing another note. (laughs) (laughs) It literally was like, do this email, check that. Make sure you follow up on that. <laughs> I'm infamous for trying to keep everything in my head and not writing it down. Cause then when I write it down, I don't remember where I put like where I wrote it down. It's it's a thing. Oh, you mean do you the reminder. It was on the side of this envelope right here on the edge, right next to this. Like the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like Rob is the king of writing, you know, like measurements for something on a piece of wood, and then it'll kick around the shop for a while, and then it, it'll go into like the scrap bin and we're get cut in half and then go into the scrap and we're like putting piece of wood back together trying to figure out what the dimensions were the, meanwhile there's an eighth inch missing <laughs> from the blade oh man we, like like tim started off the podcast by saying we live a very similar life because yes i've cut plenty of my own notes in half. 31 37 ah! <laughs> <laughs> what was it that's the only place i wrote that down Exactly. Of course. That, actually, that's not true. If there's one thing no. I do have it's redundancy, I have it written down on a paper. It's on, on a spreadsheet. Yeah. When you're in the moment yeah. and you need, you're trying to go through a pile or whatever, then you get to one and you're like, oh, now I got to go over and, you know, whatever. It's just slow. It slows you down. You are well organized, Matt, when it comes to that, because I have noticed he does like a big cut sheet and everything. And then it's oh, like yeah. color coded. And then you just kind of like see him taking it off. Tick, tick. Yeah, 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 dude. I do what I can. I like that, your, though. Lose your mind. Jeff, use Jeff, technology. Mine are not that um, sophisticated. Now, what's your style? When you have when you're doing a, you know, seven cabinet thing, you're not going to lose your mind when you're doing 30 and like 60 doors and all this crazy stuff like that's when i feel like at least for me i don't know i I can't keep it all together just you know without having at least this kind of some some type some attempt at a system you know yeah mine are pretty simple it's like uh you know might say uh a is uh you know left side face frame styles and then i'll have a dimension inch and a half by 84 or whatever some no, nice general right. outlines, you guys, yeah. You guys are smart about that because you do stuff that's a little bit more universal in that sense. Every single style of your kitchen doesn't need to be labeled as to exactly what it is. You're just going to assemble it in a way that it doesn't matter. 
I, I, you know, once again, I'm in my own way. I'm not saying what I do is the right way at all. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out. But the way that I do it, this stuff needs to be labeled. You know, I need to know which, which piece that's going to be so I can do everything to it the way that I want to do it. But I feel like you guys would benefit so much by like visiting each other's shop and just oh, yeah. like chatting about how you do business and like brainstorming. Cause I just think that would be awesome. And I think other small businesses should do that too, is just like work together and, and, and try to figure out the best way to run your business. I think it's really cool. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing about Instagram for me is being able to kick these ideas around with other guys who actually, mm -hmm. you know, do this stuff full time and we have to make a living doing it. So, um, and, you know, finding other people who are, are actively trying to learn and improve. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, a, I think there's a lot of complacency. Um, and we kind of got into it in the last episode of the arts and crafts, the last of the four, um, about like, is there a arts and crafts revival happening? And, you know, I'm kind of brutally honest with like the, the quote unquote maker community. I'm brutally honest when I say like, I don't think there is because I think most people are just kind of complacent with what they do and, and the, um, the desire to continue to learn and to perfect something isn't, isn't so much there you know, with the vast majority of people. Yeah. I'm just thinking too, the people who are doing that stuff, are they on Instagram? Like they should be because mm -hmm. everybody should be, if you have a business, you should be on something, some kind of social media. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. a requirement at this yeah. point. It is. Yeah. Matt, how old are you? I am 29. You're 29. Okay. Well, you, I mean, I know you guys like similar ages where you're using technology applied with your art. You know what I mean? Like, you guys have bridged both of those gaps where the generation before you may not have, maybe they dip their toes in it a little bit, but there's this whole generation now that's coming in. And I think it's really cool that everything's kind of getting merged with technology. You guys are trying to, like you said, grow, perfect, learn. And I think it's really neat. Like, I don't know about like the revival of the arts and crafts type of uh, building, but I just think it's neat to see the younger generation come up and how they're using that technology to transform their business and their lives. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, you used to have like guilds where you would meet with the people around yeah. you who um, did the same thing. But now I could talk to somebody in New Zealand yeah. or wherever. Um, so you're not, you're not limited by what's in your locale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's huge. It's it cool. makes you so much better too. Like you said, the ability to skill share, watch other people see other people other methods you, you, how about this it makes it allows you to advance it, it choose jeff once again somebody who's in, in self-interested in becoming better if you teach yourself and look and constantly try to watch and learn you can go 10 years in, in five just because mm -hmm. you can be constantly like you said bouncing ideas trying to learn learn watching other people it's 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 like a like an accelerated track almost. If you really want to find out, like that's how you came. You came in. You know, you didn't. You weren't leading the trim crew. Within a couple of years, you were. It, it was a lot of hard work on the job, but also having an interest in it. Going home, learning how the to extra work, whatever, a different technique. It started even for me before I ever had um, any any presence on Instagram. I was super deep into watching YouTube because I definitely like you said going back to 
like imposter syndrome, all that. I didn't want to go out and start remodeling somebody's house knowing in the back of my head, I didn't spend every minute I possibly could to try to learn as much about this, what I'm going out and saying that I can do. I have yeah. mm-hmm. experience, but I also wanted to have as much extra experience as you can pick up. It's the internet. It's free. Knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah. That nailed it with that one. Yeah, no, but it's true. Like, why, why limit yourself when you can learn so many things? I think that's how, like, the maker community is, though. Like, I didn't know how to, like, hand route or carve a sign. I joined a Facebook group, and everybody shared all their details, and that's how I learned. Like, you know, like, it's neat. You can learn a lot on your own by trying things, but if you can ask somebody or watch someone do it, it just speeds up your learning and just connects it really fast. Mm-hmm. And it gives you the confidence too. At least for mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm so much of what I do is monkey see, monkey do. I watch this dude do it. I know I have two hands and a brain. I can do that. Let's, let's practice a couple times safely. You know, whatever. Learn a new tool. Obviously, you're you're cautious or whatever. But oh yeah, <laughs> you can you you can mimic somebody's body language, position, all this stuff. Like I said, once again, somebody wants to pay attention, wants to truly be better. There's so much just that can be picked up. But you can watch a silent video. And if you are watching for the right things and trying to pick up on the right things, I mean, right. there's stuff that you learn. It's awesome. Like, ooh, how'd they do that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't even have to be the same, um, like, subject matter. Like, I am i don't know if you watch Matthias Wandel, um, wacky Canadian engineer, worked for, for um, the company that makes BlackBerry, and he does all kinds of weird. He's not, like, a fine furniture maker or, like, a, a traditional woodworker like that, but the number of things I picked up off his videos of him just making random stuff is insane. Yeah. Mechanisms different. It's all, it's, it's cool. Watching down. It's all connected. Like you said, little ways machines work. It's all you can learn. It's cool. It's very, it's fun. That's sweet. So for people who uh, don't know you, Jeff, what are your like favorite people who inspire you? Like just a little bit more of people who, get you excited that are out there on Instagram? Um, hmm, let's see. Thomas Moser's a big one. Uh, big fan of, of everything they're doing over there. Uh, they're at, at those Moser on Instagram. Um, let's see the George Nakashima page. I'm a big George Nakashima yeah. fan. You know, it's run by, well, I don't know if she's running it, but his, his daughter Mira, um, runs everything over there now. That's cool. Um, hmm. I'll be honest. There's probably so many that I, I yeah, couldn't, couldn't even <laughs> tell you the name. I couldn't even tell you the name because I see there. I see there. I'm yeah. horrible with with like social media. There's people that I talk to all the time that I probably don't even follow and I don't even realize. Um, but yeah, a lot of um, um, I'm really into contemporary and mid-century stuff right now and sort of like the Bauhaus stuff. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of accounts with with weird names with uh, that are making that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, if you see me repost something in my stories, that's something I'm into right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're going to makers camp again or no this year? Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, tentatively, I'd say probably with about 99.9% confidence, uh, Matt will be involved. We'll be doing a, oh. a little woodworking, uh, exposition. 
I like when I put people together for a podcast and you're already <laughs> working together on maybe on something, perhaps. Hypothetically. It's a secret <laughs> laser project. We can't talk about it. <laughs> there you go. There's your secret laser project. That's what. We're going to build a laser. It's going to actually set the maker burn on fire from. That's so cool, though, because like last year we all went to just go and like whatever. And now 99% sure that you guys will be doing something there. Um, and I will be too. So that's cool. Like I'll be at the saber tooth power carving, uh, tent. So I'll be there with Sadie from the awesome orange. So nice. I like that. We that's went there cool. as a tent. Well, I, I carved last year, but I kind of like, i just did it. I just like got sponsored and just did it. <laughs> it wasn't official, but this year it's official. It's pretty neat. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's like the podcast. We want to go and, and share some of what we know. Yeah. Um, because I think there was definitely a desire last year to, you know, learn some woodworking and there wasn't really anything available. So not uh, in like sort of this more traditional woodworking. Right. Well, there was some power carving, uh, some and, wood turn, like pen turning. Yeah. And the like axe handles yeah. and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. that's a whole that's a whole other animal. Right. That's yeah, that's completely different. So that's cool. That's nice. I hope well, I hope it comes through fruition that last little tiny bit and, i think uh, yeah we uh i mean we're still figuring it all out but we made a big leap i think the last time we met um in terms of planning we kind of just had to take the bull by the horns and yeah and just get it done yeah like okay we just gotta buckle down and just come up with something because this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. so i think uh wednesday we should be should be meeting again on that nice and then um, before we go, is there anything else that you want to shout out that's going to be happening or talk about? Um, no, I'd say if if, uh, if you haven't checked out the podcast, check it out. Um, you know, check out our Instagram. Yeah. Let us know what you think of the furniture. We awesome. were uh, we're always um, open to talk to anybody. If you have a question about something that we're doing, a technique or a uh, a finish or a tool or anything i i, I get back to everybody so um again you work we like with to a, share yeah. our knowledge i say you work with is it vesting finishes too yeah that's cool um, we're affiliates of theirs we've been using their finish religiously for since uh october of of last yeah, year yeah, so. it's makers came because i remember you, you brought yep. some with you yeah 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 zach the the rep from vesting actually came out to the shop like a couple days before maker camp um yeah and demoed everything for us and then he was like do you want to bring this up there i'm like uh yeah <laughs> well, let me tell you it it 100 worked because i've uh i've told you already but there's 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 a uv led light with my name on it in the mail somewhere right now so oh yeah I'm a convert i'm a full vesting i went in full that's that's the full commitment when you buy the light you're in fully you might as well have gotten tattooed, tattooed on right on you it's not a bad idea <laughs> this episode is now you know sponsored by vesting <laughs> <laughs> no i like i like when you find a product though that it works for what you do you know, like, and then you actually really enjoy it. So that's cool. Yeah. It's something once again, the guy's done a lot. He's tried a lot. He's tested it. And he, in, in at the end of the day, he has a high bar that needs to be met. Right. And yeah. I've yeah. It, and I've seen it in person. So I'm 100% sold. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a really, really nice finish. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's it's easy and it's, uh, you know, completely repairable. It's, um, you know, you can spot touch it up. It's, it's got so many things going for it. It's gorgeous. Let's just yeah. leave, leave it right there. Yeah. It's easy and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. There you go. Another little corner of match shop is getting filled. <laughs> yeah. it's small. It's just, it should be a little box. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't take up too much room at all. Actually, if I was really smart, like these guys, I wouldn't have gone and done a paint booth. I would have just had the light and I could just finish out here because it's <laughs> you still need it for all the cabinets you paint and stuff. Yeah, or, inevitably yeah. <laughs> somebody wants something painted, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna just put finish on it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not paint we're not rolling on any uh, or not wiping on any paint. That technology has yet to come out. If you can start wiping paint on with a rag and paint it with UV light, now we're talking <laughs> now we're living in the future. Right. <laughs> yeah, black and white. I think you can black. You can definitely do, but white. They do have a white pre-stain. Interesting. Yeah. Matt's gonna be ordering that later. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for both coming on and hanging out. I appreciate it. And uh... thanks for having us. I appreciate it as well. All right. Well, if you enjoyed what you heard, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or on your listening app. And if you like to save money, don't forget Night Carver saves you 10% on wall control and Night Carver 10 saves you 10% on Sabertooth power carving tools. I'll see you guys next week and I hope you have a great day. Bye.